guys, I'm Valerie. And I'm Jasmine, and this is Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Thank you for continuing to listen. We are welcoming you to the second episode of our season of Killers Caught on Tape. Now, I do have a disclaimer for that, actually, because in this story... No, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just going to say, I'm going to put a little a little pin in that, that there is a disclaimer to the season and it'll make sense when I'm done with this episode. So today we're going to be talking about Carlisha Freeland Gaither. Are you familiar with her story? Nope. Okay. So sources for this are NBC Philadelphia, ABC6, News 1, CBS Local Baltimore, Washington Post, CNN, Inquirer, an ID channel, See No Evil, Season 3, Episode 1, which is called Captured on Camera. So some people might be familiar with this specifically because of the camera footage that takes place in this case. I had been, I had seen this footage before. I didn't know anything about it other than that, though. So it's pretty terrifying. There, it is very easy to find. So if you're interested in seeing that footage, when after I tell the story, you know, feel free to go ahead and look at it. I'm not going to subject anybody to it that doesn't want to see it. So we will not be posting it on any of our social media. But again, super easy to find, I promise. Trigger warnings for this episode, we are going to be discussing sexual assault and rape, including that of a child, and we will be discussing domestic violence. On Sunday, November 2nd, 2014, just after 9.40 p.m., police received a phone call from a man named Dwayne Fletcher. Dwayne informed them that he had just heard a woman screaming and glass shattering, and he thinks that a woman is in trouble. He had run to where the screams were coming from, but a car had just taken off as he was getting there. When police arrived to the scene, they know that Dwayne is right. Someone was in trouble. Which I just want to say real quick, how amazing of a person do you have to be to hear somebody yelling in distress and not just call the police, but to go to where you hear the noise? Right. Because like, I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm going to mind my business. And, uh, you know, even though we, we do this and we talk about true crime like this, you think I'd be like, oh my God, I heard a scream. Let me call 911. And then like, I would probably not go check it out either. Because once again, mind your business. But, like, he's a better person than I am, clearly. Because you don't know what you're walking into. You don't know what you're about to see. You don't know what the hell is going on. It could be the worst thing you'll ever see in your life. But the fact that he just went over there just because he's a, a nice person, that's great. It is great. And I don't necessarily recommend that part of it because, of course, you don't know what kind of situation you're walking into, like you said. So you don't want to put yourself in danger also. But just the fact that he immediately, his instinct was to help is great. Right. Unlike you, I would definitely call 911 if I heard somebody screaming for help. I mean. It's okay. I guess, like, it depends on where I'm at. Because, like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I guess, yeah, no. Maybe if, like, I could kind of see them and be like, oh, my God, they really need help. But, like, other than that, I'll probably just keep it moving. And I think that's probably true for most people. So it is really interesting just to see how some people are. And, of course, we never know how we're going to react in the actual situation. But, so Dwayne was there. Police show up. And on the sidewalk was broken glass from a car window, a pair of glasses, and a cell phone. 
The cell phone was unlocked, so police immediately go to the recent calls, and they keep seeing the name Stefan pop up. So they call Stefan to find out who the phone belongs to. And Stefan tells them that it belongs to his girlfriend who he lives with, 22-year-old nurse aide Carlisha Freeland Gaither. Police next contact a family member, Carlisha's grandmother, Anna, who lives in D.C., Anna has had custody of Carlisha since age three, and as they are looking around the scene, police spot two surveillance cameras pointed toward the street. But it's nighttime. Remember, this happened at about 9.40 p.m., so they don't have Mm -hmm. any way to access the cameras right now. So they actually call the FBI and get them involved immediately, which snaps for this police department to immediately be like, no, something's wrong. We're going to make a big deal of this. Right. They're not like, oh, you got to wait 24 hours for us to do anything. No, they're like, let's go ahead and get this shit in motion. Exactly. They know something's wrong. So they bring in Stefan for questioning. And Stefan tells police that he last saw Carlisha that morning before she went to work. After work, he tells them that she went to a party at a friend's house. Now, police question where he was and if they've been having any relationship troubles. Stefan tells police that they haven't had any problems and that he was home with his cousin, who verifies this alibi. Police contact the friend, too, and the friend confirms that Carlisha had been at her house. According to the friend, Carlisha arrived at 3 p.m. and left around 9 p.m. to catch the bus home. According to her, Carlisha was acting completely normal at the party, and it didn't appear that anything was bothering her. The next morning, police contact the two businesses for their surveillance footage. Her family and friends go around town and post flyers as police receive the first footage, which is from the street in which Dwayne had heard the screaming. As they watch, they see a bus coming up the road, though they can't tell if anyone got on or off of it. But then, a figure comes into view. It's of a person who can't completely be identified, but whom is wearing an outfit that matches the description of what Carlisha was wearing. She begins walking down the street when a man approaches from the street, perpendicular to where the bus dropped her off. He comes towards her, and it almost looks like they shake hands before they turn the corner. Now, as they're turning the corner behind a building, it kind of looks like he's lunging at her, but you can't get a full view because it's as... Like, the building is completely obstructing it as it's happening. So investigators can't say for sure whether or not he's actually lunging or whether he's tripping. It could be either. At this point, police are still waiting on the video footage from the business around the corner that may have captured something, which is the street that the glass was found on. While they're waiting, they show the video to Anna to see if maybe she recognizes the person in the video. And she thinks she does. The person reminded Anna of a man who showed up twice at her house asking for Carlisha. And she's worried that it's this man. She knows that they're friends on social media, and she's worried that he might have tracked her down or followed her. So she gives the police his name, and he gets brought in and questioned by police. Now, he said he hadn't talked to her in years, and he takes a lie detector test, which, you know, we know is not admissible in court, but he passes it. And so they let him go. I mean, they don't have anything to arrest him on. Now, it's very important to know that Anna just kind of got a weird vibe from this guy. And she can't actually 
perfectly see the figure in the video, but it's somebody who looks like it could be that same kind of stature. And so she immediately thought of him because she was a little bit creeped out by him because of the scenario. Mm -hmm. So 18 hours after Carlisha disappeared, they get the second surveillance footage. They watch it from a few minutes before the bus arrives and they see the person walking up the street towards the intersection where he will then approach Carlisha. Now in this video, you can see the man approach her and she walks away, which happened out of sight of the first camera. And then you see the other angle of the interaction where it kind of looked like they were shaking hands. And from this angle, you can actually see that she's trying to get around him, but he grabs her and he forces her down the street and into his car. I was going to say, so it kind of looks like he like reached out to grab her hand to kind of like pull her a little bit. That's what it kind of sounds like. Yeah, for sure. It, that's kind of what it looks like. So it looks like he's reaching towards her. She pulls away. But in the video, because it's just blurry enough, it kind of looked like they were touching. And maybe they did. Maybe she did shake his hand. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But he then grabs her. And when you see him lunging behind the building in that first video, that's actually him grabbing her. And he drags her down the street. And I don't mean like he like she's, you know kind of walking alongside him and he has a hold of her. No, I mean, he's like literally dragging her down the street. Now, the video is, I mean, you can't see the faces of people, but it's pretty clear what's happening in the video. So it is a little bit disturbing probably to some people. So I do want to warn you again, if you're going to watch that. But that's the video that you see. They have that whole video released of both interactions. So Carlisha fought and she fought hard. You can watch them struggling and you see, you can only see it kind of in the very bottom corner of the video, but you can see her throw her phone onto the ground on purpose. They rewind further and they see the car actually pull into the parking spot. So they know now that this car there is the car that the guy actually had gotten out of before he was walking up the street toward the bus. The license plate is not possible to see but they can tell what the car type and the color is. They reach out to the media for help and they also release the video for tips. They also put up a $47,000 reward and there is a huge influx of tips. One of the tips is from a woman in Haver de Grace, Maryland, who found a bag of trash in her driveway. It contained a receipt from a supermarket in Philadelphia, which was from the day before, the day of the attack and a bag of chips and shattered glass. Now, I don't remember if I had already mentioned, but this all took place in Philadelphia. I guess it's probably a key piece of information that I might have neglected to tell you, so I apologize for that. (laughs) After talking with a friend about Carlisha, this woman decided to call the police, thinking, you know, maybe this bag is somehow related, because it's a little weird. So the police go to the supermarket and ask for surveillance at the timestamp from the receipt. And they witness a man wearing clothes similar to Carlisha's kidnapper. He goes to the self-checkout and throughout the whole video, he has a hood on and he doesn't lift his head to be in view of the camera. And he uses cash. So there's no way to identify him. I don't know about you, but like, 
I feel like if I was to see somebody just like, even if it was cold, no matter what, just seeing somebody like in the store with their hood on just makes me want to pay more attention to them for some reason. Oh, really? I do that all the time. <laughs> you see, like if it's a girl, then that's different. Like you could obviously tell if it's a girl, but for some reason, and this is going to sound sexist, but like if it's a guy, like maybe it's just because like Antoine instilled this into me when we first got together. I used to wear my hood like when I would drive, like whenever I was wearing like my hoodies and stuff. And he always used to make me take off my hood because he was like, that makes you look suspicious. And when you think about it, it's kind of like, are you like, you are you serious? But, you know, it's Antoine being a black man. He's like, I can't do that because the moment that, a, that somebody sees me with that, I immediately look suspicious. So now I think any man with a hood on looks suspicious. It's just the way that it is with me. So, like, for me, if I was to see that, I would have been like, why you got that hood on in the store? That's really, really sad. I know that wasn't your point, but my takeaway from that with Antoine being profiled and judged like that makes me really sad, yeah. actually. That's really terrible. It's a sad reality. It is a sad reality. I don't ever think that way. I don't know. I guess I get why you do. I definitely do. But not having somebody who's ever brought that to my attention before, it's something that I myself don't. I mean, I wear my hood all the time or my hat. I don't take it off because most of the time if I'm wearing one, it's because I look like garbage. And <laughs> I, I guess I kind of just think the same thing of other people. I just assume that they also just look like garbage or they're cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really interesting point. So... Police begin searching the area near where the bag of trash was found because it's very heavily wooded. Helicopters were looking. They had dive teams looking in the water nearby, but nothing came up. And then police got an awesome lead. Carlisha's debit card was used at a bank ATM eight hours after her abduction, which would have been at 6 a.m. And it was only five miles away from where the bag was found. So police go to the bank and they get the surveillance footage at the ATM. Now, I know that all cameras near ATMs are a little bit different. This ATM did not have one of the cameras that's front facing that looks at you while you get your money out. Because of course it didn't. Of course. They have two different angles. And in the video, you can see the clothes again, which match the guy from the other images. And the other video is just too grainy to see his face and his hood again, is being worn, is concealing his head. So it gets them nowhere. They just know that the same guy was there and that they don't see Carlisha. So police decide to go to the convenience store next to where the bank is. And they ask for surveillance footage from around that time. They're like, okay, well, if he took out cash, maybe he was going to go buy something. So maybe he went to the place next door, which honestly is some pretty reasonable thinking. And sure as shit, at 602 in 40 seconds in the morning, they see that same man walk into the store. He bought just one water and one bag of chips, the same bag of chips that's later found in that trash bag. So they figure he was potentially alone and had already killed Carlisha because he's just buying one of each. And this time they get a view of his face. So now, two days after her abduction, the man's face is released to the media. In Richmond, Virginia, Lieutenant Joey McLaughlin heard of this incident and immediately perked up. It reminded him of a man who he just went to arrest a few days prior. 
there was a warrant out for this man's arrest for the attempted murder of a 16-year-old girl in Virginia. On October 1st, 2014, just weeks prior, a woman had reported her 16-year-old daughter missing. As it turns out, she was hit over the head with a shovel, placed into the abductor's trunk, and taken to his home. Once there, she was stripped naked and doused in bleach and gasoline, which gave her incredibly extreme burns. He asked her how she wanted to die and was said to have shown her pictures of other girls that he claimed were other victims of his. Now, it's possible that other victims will someday come forward, but I hope that this isn't true and that he was just trying to scare her because nobody has come forward since this, and that was in 2014. As the man was literally digging her a grave on October the 3rd, the girl somehow managed to escape. She arrived at a business in Virginia, naked, bleeding, and covered in burns. She wasn't able to describe her attacker, but on October 28th, a DNA test identified Delvin Barnes as the perpetrator. A warrant was issued with charges for, quote, attempted capital murder, abduction, forcible rape, malicious wounding, malicious injury with acid, explosives, or fire and intimate object penetration. So McLaughlin went to arrest Barnes when he discovered that he had fled. His girlfriend told him what kind of a car he had, a car that matched the description of the car that was seen taken Carlisha. When reviewing the video to see if the car matched, McLaughlin noticed a sticker on the windshield that let him know immediately that the car was from Virginia. So there's this thing in Virginia that used car dealerships do that if you have bad credit and they think that you might default on your loan and not pay it, they actually have a GPS installed inside of the car so that they can come and repossess your vehicle. Isn't that the coolest thing you've ever heard? So that's that's cool that they do that, especially for people with like bad credit. I mean, but like the cars that I've had, um, I've gotten from like buy here, pay here's and stuff. And all of them have had GPSs in them. So I thought that was just like a normal thing for those kinds of places, not just like bad credit that's crazy i had no idea that that was a thing so like whenever you pay off the car they take it apart and then they don't have anything to do with it anymore that makes sense that i wonder if there's a tracker on my car (laughs) i just have no idea (laughs) because i bought it from a lot well i'm gonna say that this maybe wasn't a huge thing in 2014 because this detective immediately was like oh like that sticker, I know that sticker, the type of sticker, because you can't read out exactly what it is, but just the placement of it mm-hmm. and the shape of it. He was like, that car is definitely from a used dealership in Virginia. So fortunately, Barnes had really bad credit and he had a GPS installed inside the car. So McLaughlin then saw the footage from the convenience store where he, you could see the guy's face and he confirmed that the man in the video is the same person who had kidnapped the 16-year-old just weeks prior. So they begin going to used car dealerships in the area to see who sold Barnes the car. And when they find the dealership, they have them turn on the GPS locator. And in just a matter of minutes, 
they have his exact location pinpointed. He was in a mall parking lot in Jessup, Maryland, which is 130 miles south of Philadelphia, where he kidnapped Carlisha. Within 15 minutes, police arrive in unmarked vehicles, but he must have noticed himself being surrounded because he was in the back seat with another person and he jumped into the front and went to drive off. But the police surrounded him quick enough and they got him to get out of the car and they arrested him. And Carlisha was in the back seat and she was alive. So that's my caveat for this season. I'm st- I still got more to tell you, but that's my caveat for this season is that killers caught on tape, except for that he didn't actually get away with murder here. Carlisha lived. Good, good. Okay, okay. Makes you feel a little better. I just didn't want to spoil it. So she was taken to nearby Columbia, Maryland Hospital, and they found out a little bit more about the attack. So when Carlisha was abducted, she was thrown into the back seat of Barnes's car, and she actually found a hammer in the back seat, which she used to break the back window. That's why it was shattered everywhere. She also hit him with it, and he managed to subdue her and stop her, and he threatened to kill her. She had the presence of mind to drop her phone on purpose so that somebody would know that she was taken. Now, 37-year-old Delvin Barnes was the son of a minister. He had several prior convictions, which included rape, burglary, aggravated assault, making a bomb threat, and reckless endangerment. He actually made a bomb threat in Virginia in July of that year, which is a felony, by the way. And it was dropped on October 24th, 2014. So he had literally just been released from prison before his DNA came back for that attack and the warrant was out for his arrest for the attack on the 16-year-old. In 2005, he had also beaten, sexually assaulted, and held captive his estranged wife, who was also the mother of his child. And even though she had a protection from abuse order, he was able to hold her captive for some time. He was hiding in her closet grabbed her by the face, dug his nails into her, and held her overnight while sexually assaulting her. The next morning, she convinced Barnes to let her call her mother. And when she did, she was able to relay to her mother that she needed help. Her parents came to the house, and Barnes beat and attacked them. He punched her mom in the face and hit the dad in the head with a glass bowl. What the fuck? And that was before they could call the police for help. He was eventually arrested for this and he served eight years for it. He was denied early parole because the board saw him as a threat to society, which I agree with. And he was released in 2013, just the year before these attacks. But he only got eight years? Correct. I mean, still, the fact that he was in in jail or prison at all is still great. For some reason, I just felt like it should have been longer. I mean, I always think that sentences should be longer. But now, he had some ties to Philadelphia. So he was in town the day that he he attacked Carlisha. And he picked her at random. She was just a victim of opportunity for him. 
he ended up pleading guilty to her abduction and he was sentenced to 35 years in prison. He confessed, stating that he initially abducted her to rob her for money to travel to Virginia to see his daughter before he was inevitably arrested for his earlier attack in October of 2014. Which is a sack of shit. That ain't true. Also, the other thing that drives me crazy about these people is the fact that they have kids. How do you have a, a, a daughter and you're sitting here kidnapping other girls, women, and, like, do, does your baby's face not come into your brain when you think of doing things like that? Right. Like, that could happen to her. And how would you feel whenever, if that, God forbid, something like that happened to her? Right. He would be furious. So it is, right. it's a really weird, murderers and rapists and people of the sort have really weird double standards. Yeah, they do. It's just, it's annoying as fuck. So at this present time, Delvin Barnes is in jail. And yeah, he'll be hanging out there for the next while. And that is the survival story of Carlisha Freeland Gaither. Again, you can view that video. It's very easily accessible. It's very creepy. And, you know, proceed with caution if you decide to do that. If you are interested in receiving our newsletter, you can visit our website at craftsdraftsandcrime.com. There will be a sign up page there. You can also get all the links to our Patreon and all of our social media from our website. So thank you guys as always for listening. We appreciate it. If you can, please rate and review us. And until next time, bye. Bye.